0: Sometimes it pays to not be, well, I want to say a-hole, but just not be my natural self, you know? And uh, I, I think that's actually happening. So um, I've been up since like 3 a.m. You know this, right? Mm-hmm. And I and, uh, have not been able to go back and go to sleep because just messages all over the place, right? Or right. Um, come to find out that most of it is because of what I've always kind of laughed about. Businesses want to get too big. And when businesses want to get too big and they get too big in a, in a volatile um, industry
1: mm-hmm.
0: major issues, major problems, right? Yeah. And I mean, we're not talking about little problems. We're talking about like, hey, um, this could destroy us. Enter Celeron, Knight. There's so many, um, so many different trucking companies um, that are just collapsed, have collapsed right and left and yep. You know how many you know how many drivers or how many trucks there are in our company right now?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Remember how many there were when we started? A uh,
1: 150, something wouldn't know, it was
0: 134. So we were 135, right? Okay. There's four hundred and eighteen oh now. Oh
1: my god.
0: In this industry, in this market, and our drivers <sighs> that because our owner is a pushover. It, it, in the words of other people um, Were Have just taken advantage of them And are just running things into the ground They're making pennies it On the dollar
1: from, from being like a good small family owned business mm-hmm. And having a company you mm-hmm. know like buy it out Things like that basically where they people get become a part of it that never actually have the interest of the company they have the interest of themselves themselves and and that's
0: all they care about and that's and that's it and it's like where when we came into this company what's one of the things that i did i found out that our when i when i found out that our number one client was an at-risk client right what did i do i went around to every single yard that our client had that that client had and i was like hey What are we doing wrong? What's their company doing wrong? What do you want me to take back to the owner of the company and convey to him so that they understand it? Gave him the full list of everything that that we were doing wrong and made sure that he understood it and saved us from being blacklisted from that company. Right. Uh So. And and, on
1: top of that, you had people that were. In the company that were more friends than business partners, mm-hmm. they were genuinely concerned with how you were doing and what was going on. They knew yeah. about the girls about us, about everything, and just were a lot more in our lives and not mm-hmm. just in the fact that we worked for them so
0: yeah and it 's like and more and, and
1: more of them started leaving
0: and and uh, when Mike looked it up and realized that i 've been talking to him for over four years right because I talked to him long before I came to the company because I I talked to well over two dozen companies before I decided who I was going to go with, Uh you know, and then we sat. So, so we started talking um, and I had to call up our, our resident angel in the company. And I finally, I, uh, she had to get called in because 3am I get a message from Amy and a call from Amy. Hey, I have glue dripping out of the back of this uh, truck, the back of the trailer. And I'm like, What? And my assumption, which was wrong, was that she had done something. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, what did you do? Right. And she's like, nothing. And, and I'm like, okay, she says nothing. So let's figure it out. Well, so I'm like, give me as many pictures as you can. Give me as many pictures as you can. And Val goes and looks at the pictures. She goes, oh, the valve's broken on it. That's not you guys. That's somebody screwing up and shipping. That's or a defective product. That's not you guys at all. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I still have glue dripping out of my truck. And then on top of that, you guys are, re- are revoking my team status right now. So this is highly problematic. And to which I find out that the company has been growing. That somebody was under the impression that I was actively trying to leave this company to go drive for with Jamal. Which I was like, no. I talked to Jam- The last time I talked to Jamal was when I was w- on Davlat's team. And I was sick of it. And I was sick of his attitude, and I was just like, uh, And he just said, "Hey, brother, hang in there," and that was the end of that. And you know what? I looked that up. You know when that was? February fifteenth of twenty twenty-two. So it's been oh, well <laughs> okay. over a year since I talked. Yeah, I haven't had dabbled. I was like, okay. I said, you know, and so in that, I'm like, listen, I I miss being on the road. I genuinely enjoy being on the road I enjoy being in charge of my money and my destination I'm like I have a podcast right now I will be happy to be on the road we can stop places and record the podcast or right now it's summertime I have plenty of other people that are willing to even take my seat right now in the podcast and whatever it is and then it came up that way it was wait but you're a marketer yes I was a logistics marketer for Apple (laughs) like you know, I have worked for, and so, you know, went down my whole blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so now here's what's going on. So now I'm waiting on the boss to basically say, okay, sorry, back to our original deal. One, and number two, they're going to have me helping them in doing what I said they need to do with the company. Because they realize how wrong they are. They The way they've grown it, I said, look, you need to take... Couple dozen people and that couple dozen people need to come in and they need to be your core. They need to be the ones that are building your accounts. And they're the ones that you add the 1% or 2% of the meh drivers into so that we have a 99% success rate sitting with these companies. But you guys are getting to the point where you can't even be in with the companies and that's causing a problem right now. I'm like, I am supposed to be a hazmat driver. My family's supposed to be a hazmat team. My people, my trucks, my everything are all supposed to be hazmat. I went from breaking $25,000 a week to now I don't break my minimum. And the moment that I told this garbage bag of a human being who is leading the dispatch team that I'm in, what I needed as a bare minimum weekly, that was like, to him, a challenge accepted. So in the last 16 weeks, I've had three that made my minimums to the point that I'm like, mm, I'm out. And I had no choice but to step out. You guys did this, not me. And, my, and it's like, you know, and everything else. And now it's like, so now what's going on is our angel is now going to be training me. On where she and I are going to be going back and forth. Directly, I may have to go up there. We talked about that; no big deal. Oh no, um, and uh, I'm gonna help pull the company proper and and telling them how it needs to go.
1: So, are they gonna pay you for that? Yeah. Okay.
0: So, I'm like, okay, cool by me. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's that's kind of nuts. You now I'm just like. So I haven't been able to sleep because you know what happens to my brain when I start thinking about what you do in a company, what do you do to mm-hmm. make the company grow, how to make a company grow. Cause it's like a new thing and like made it very clear. I'm not going to be doing this forever. This is not me. You know, you're just, it's just going to be a short term thing, right? And it's like, you got to understand that you can't sit there and, and be like, Hey, five years from now. No, Mm-mm. no. So, so they understand that. So yeah, that's everything just changes and why? because I didn't just yell, scream, kick, and apparently a lot of people including our former a couple of our former dispatchers we didn't like left and tried to just compete or are competing or are or like did what one did for our Hazmat company went to one of the other competing companies and just you know dropped their drawers and put put a big old load all over us. You know, and it's like why? Why do that? What what benefit is that to you, you know? Mm. But they did it. And it's like, okay. Anyway, with that said, good afternoon and welcome to the Afternoon Dive in the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Joey.
1: And I'm Kiki. And we talk
0: about everything.
1: And nothing.
0: All at the same time. Today is Tuesday. And what do we got going on today?
1: Uh, relationship stories and advice. Go for it. Um. So I've got, uh, again, some that I haven't, that I didn't get through A couple of other times, so we're going to start with those. Okay. Um, This one is titled, My 31 male, wife 35 female, says she supports a particular hobby of mine, but gets visibly annoyed whenever I engage in that hobby. So a bit of a backstory. My wife and I have been married for the past six years now. At that time, she knew I was into video games, but I hadn't played for a very long time while we had been married. In regards to the re- in regards to the video games, I only ever play main Legend of Zelda titles, which come out once every five to six years. So the game comes out, I'll play it two to three hours a day for about two weeks just to complete the main story, then I won't see it again. Throughout our relationship, she has bought me Zelda-related goods and merchandise because she knows it's a video video game I've loved since my childhood. She even got me an Ocarina for my birthday after my favorite game of all time. So fast forward to last Friday, the new Zelda game releases, and she knows I've been waiting for this release for the last five to six years. All the housework is finished, our bookkeeping is done for the week, I've just come home from work, so I say I'm going to play the new Zelda. She responds with, Oh, alright, then enjoy your game. So I say, Okay, thanks. Of course it's awkward, so I just play for about 30 minutes and then I just stop. I tried to play again on Saturday, but I got the same kind of response. Okay, you enjoy your game while I find something else to do. I don't get it. I've never been in this situation before with my wife. I would like to experience this new Zelda game, which she knows I've been waiting for, but I don't want to annoy her either. Anyone in a similar situation, what's a good way to approach this? and then he had answered questions that were in the comments um, the common ones said how often do you spend time with your wife and he said well every day slash weekend we spend time together my wife doesn't work so whenever I come home from work generally all of my time is dedicated to her or us doing things together when we visit family or friends we do that together rather than separately because I don't want to give her the feeling of being left out for Friday night people asking did I just come home and play the new Zelda no of course not we talked about how our days were we got Uh, what we got up to, how was work, etc. I didn't know writing those details in were necessary. This has become a very routine thing for us to talk and then chill at the end of my workday. The only difference is that this time, instead of going to bed with her, I said I would like to play for a bit before coming to bed. For the people asking when was the last time that I spent quality time with her, well, tonight we went to karaoke and then went to bowling and then we had dinner together as normal while watching one of our favorite animes. After dinner was done and dishes were clean, I got the same annoyed look from her when I went to go and play Zelda. The next question, did you talk to your wife about this? Actually, after posting this, I did. It went something like this, hey babe, are you alright with me playing the new Zelda game? I can tell sometimes you're bothered by it. Her. Her i don't know why but just understand that sometimes it will annoy me i'm happy to see you play it when it came out and i know you've been waiting years for this game but i can't control when something annoys me the reason i came here for the is for advice slash perspective to see if anyone was in a similar situation i guess every couple would handle this differently depending on personalities okay so
0: i i have things similar to this um and I can, I can relate to an extent. That said, it's, f- and, and I'm going to say this from a man's perspective, knowing the women around his life, and then you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. It is never about when you play the game and when you don't play the game. It is about what you're encroaching on when you play the game and when you don't play the game if you two had a great night together and you guys went and it's like and bam you went out had karaoke you had dinner and now you're heading home together and you've had great talks and great things and and you've had this great progress and progression and where your night has gone and then you know you're put i'm 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 hoping that things are healthy in the department you know where i'm talking about Where she now has an expectation of this has been great. Tonight has been great. We've had a couple of drinks. We sang together. We did karaoke. We had dinner out. We're going to go home and we're going to get time alone together in the bedroom. And then you're like, hey, I'm going to go play Zelda. Okay. You literally just, you know, derailed exactly the progression of the night. There's no natural progression to being Zelda right there's no, and it doesn't matter whether it's Zelda or whether it's some other game or whether it's watching a movie, calling friends, you know, uh talking it up, whatever videos you're talking about watching, those kinds of things, there was a progressive expectation. And the other, you know, the other nights, I can't speak to any of those because you didn't give as much detail as you did on this one, but this one like honestly if I take you and we go out on a date right Mm -hmm. and I take you out to dinner right Mm -hmm. and we go out to a bar and we've talked about going karaoke so let's say we go karaoke (laughs) and we have a couple of drinks and we have fun and it's our night together the bed's made everything's clean everything's happy everything is good we come home to no responsibilities and then I say hey I'm gonna go watch a couple episodes of Soul Eater cool
1: yeah, I I would definitely be frustrated. <laughs> I you- can understand the I can understand both sides of it cuz yeah, that's <laughs> the, the way that that night played out, that's kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. It, it's not about yeah, like you were saying. It's not about the the when and everything or as the far what. as yeah. yeah, or like what you're doing. It's the fact that everything leading up to that and then you just, "Hey, let me cut it short cuz I want to go do this thing." It, it would. I feel like it would be a lot different if you did come home and you guys had conversations, and then you were like, "Hey, by the way, you know, at some point before the end of today, I would want to hop on play play a couple of you know, couple of hours of this game. I haven't played it, blah blah, blah. whatever it is. Like just mm-hmm. ahead of time, the communication of I want to do this thing later, is a lot better than just out of nowhere." suddenly gonna go do this thing right because you know i know we were vibing but eh, i want to go do this real quick which is literally
0: and we've all done it (laughs) we've all done it to each other and it's like because like and it can be anything it doesn't matter that it's zelda the the thing that that like okay we did this i we've had one of those nights not the karaoke aspect excuse me we've had one of those nights right and everything was going great i took you out we, we went and we, we spent time together. We spent time alone and we came home and I didn't realize how tired you were. And by the time I got out of the bathroom, you were snoring and boring, right? <laughs> you were out. You were just gone. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's been on the same on the other side of it, too. It's it's I, I would say, look, I, the, the thing I would say is, you know what, baby? Hey, um, my game, like we talked about the game that I was playing up until recently a lot. Um, and it was like, hey, 10 o'clock, I got to be on in the game because this time, this time, this time. And it just got to that point where it was it was just hijacking an important part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I and I saw that it was doing that. And what did I do?
1: Stop. Playing.
0: I literally stopped it because no game is more important. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so in that I was like, OK, so that's it. That's the end of that. Not going to play that one. Not going to do that anymore. No big deal. Um, and that made things better. But if you have that kind of time where you're like, hey, you know what? I want to come home. I want to know how your day was. I want to do this. And then this window to this window, just so you know, this is my intent to play this game, to do this thing, to go there and to do whatever, whether it's you're going to go out and you're going to spend a couple hours fishing at a local pond or you are going to, you know, go, go play video games or you are going to hop on Discord or you're just going to TikTok zone out for, you know, whatever. It's important that, if if you set an expectation in the relationship when that when those kinds of things happen then somebody's not going to necessarily respond the way that you don't want them to because they're not going to feel you know um like they're being hijacked by a game or anything else so you're you you go ahead your opinion 100% no
1: i 100% agree with you that i have nothing to add on that's i i understand him being confused because i can understand him genuinely being like, oblivious to the fact that that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's... <sighs> coming from, you know, just the entirety of what this... How our whole family is. It's Video games are hard. It's a hard oh, topic. Yeah. Because for me in particular, I'm not a huge video game player I don't like zone out into video games often I hyper fixate on one for one to two weeks out of you know six months mm-hmm. and that's it like I literally will not sit down and play a game start to finish no in-betweens like I don't go and oh I'm gonna do this every single night you know I I don't have that but I know that a lot of p- other people do and it's hard for me because I genuinely just don't get into games like everybody else does. Like, mm-hmm. we had our games that we were playing together, and then I started to taper off of it, and I felt like I was upsetting you because you really wanted to play the game with me, but I just wasn't... It's just how I always taper off on things. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing with Nikki, and Nikki's enjoying playing her Zelda game, and I've been wanting to watch her play it, and I was into it watching her playing it, and now I'm just tapering off of being interested in watching mm-hmm. her play it. And so she's playing it, and she's like, oh, you want to watch? And I'm like, I just... It's just gone. I get super interested in things and then it just disappears. And so it's in video games are just like that for me. And so it's very hard for me to understand when somebody can be into it for days and days and days and, you know, go and play for hours and hours and hours and not get bored because that's what happens for me. And so it's I, I can understand you know, if she is not into video games and you are that it seems like, OK, like you guess, you know, go play your video games. Don't spend time with me like I can understand mm-hmm. that side of it. But having the family that loves playing video games, I can also understand understand the opposite that. Yeah. The moment that everybody in this house sits down and goes, we're going to have a Minecraft day. It turns into seven. <laughs> so I yep. I can understand both sides that when we do have those Minecraft days, everybody put everything else that we have to be responsible for it disappears it, it and it but at the same time he's not letting everything else disappear he's just letting that quality time that he is spending with her be put on the back burner for him seeing it as only a couple of hours her seeing it as wow okay so it's it's just it is a failure of communication in the department of what makes you guys happy and interested at the end of your day she understands But I don't think that it's about the video game. It's about Mm -hmm. when you're going and doing that and how you're going about it. Just say, like you said, just say it early on. Go, hey babe love you let's sit down and let's talk and everything you know Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna rush you or anything like that but like once we're done I would like to go play if that's okay did you have any other plans did you want to do something else today you know whatever hey if we're gonna go out then just don't it's not the day (laughs) if you guys are gonna go spend time together if it's like you know you guys go out and you have a horrible time at dinner because it was oh her annoying aunt and blah 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 and she just wants to come home if she's stressed then yeah you can go that's different, but if it 's you, like you said, the night that you described, you went out bowling, you went mm-hmm. out karaoke, you went dinner, had a couple drinks, and you came home and just dipped on her that 's a little disrespectful I just she was obviously going in the mood to be around you, and you just said hey i 'm just going to interrupt this real quick, mm-hmm. which in her eyes is not real quick because by the time you 're done she 's going to probably be asleep, or she 's going to be lying in bed bored on her phone and you're going to come over being like, "Hey babe," but she's not going to be in the mood because you you ruined it. You literally interrupted it for something that you didn't see as an interruption, but she did. So Yeah, just the communication needs to be there. The conversation needs to not be about, hey, you know, I see the game annoys you. It has to be, hey, is it the time that I'm doing it that is bothering you? Is that why you're upset? Because sometimes genuinely some people just don't know how to vocalize exactly what it is. And you have to ask those specified questions because you may ask it and then she'll go, you know what? I think it is because she may not even know. Like she says, sometimes it's just going to annoy me. But there's a different reason there She may just not be able to vocalize it So you guys just need to have a different conversation Not just hey I see this bother you but This is bothering you and her going well yeah it does Like that's not that's not a solution mm-hmm. So but if you guys can If that's just how your guys' relationship is going to be Where it's just hey And she's genuinely saying that It's just going to annoy her sometimes Then yeah. it's just going to There are so many things in every relationship That just annoy the opposite per- person But it's not worth it to you know make a big stink about it so yeah that's that's my two cents <laughs> so uh this next one is titled how do i 28 female tell one former friend 28 female from a large friend group that she is not invited to my wedding
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is this one's interesting <laughs> okay so I recently got engaged. I have a large friend group, all twenties and female. We have all been close friends starting in high school and all throughout college. Despite going to schools all across the country, we had a group chat where we texted updates and coordinated travel plans to visit each other. Each uh, one person who is a part of this group is named Maggie. After school, Maggie lived abroad for a year on a tourist visa. During her time abroad, she met her husband-to-be. She had to move back to her home country. Um, when her visa expired, and she did long distance with her partner. He visited our home country and proposed. They got married in our home country, then moved back to his country on the other side of the globe. Leading up to their wedding, Maggie shared pictures of her wedding dress and shared details about the venue. As the day drew nearer, my friends and I realized that the majority of the group was not invited. Only one friend in the group, Samantha, was invited. Maggie never addressed the lack of invites in the group chat, nor did she talk to any of us individually about it. I normally don't think anyone is entitled to a wedding invite, but it was strange that she sent so many updates, then just didn't extend invitations. I guess that we were not invited either A, because Maggie didn't consider us to be close enough, or B, there were restrictions related to the venue size or COVID. I don't actually know the reason why, though. Many of the, girls, many of the other girls in the group took it very personally and were very hurt by the situation. "'Soon after her wedding, Maggie moved abroad with her husband and eventually got a new phone number. "'We made a second group chat without Maggie because we didn't want to keep texting her old number in case it got reassigned to a new random person. "'We all fell out of touch with Maggie except for Samantha. "'The second group chat has kept going for two years without Maggie.' Fast forward to now, a few days after I shared in the second group chat that I had gotten engaged, Samantha added Maggie's foreign number into the chat. Maggie said congratulations to me. I had already proposed a few dates for a group FaceTime to catch up, so Maggie saw those messages and joined during the FaceTime call. During the FaceTime, Maggie did not address the fact that she did not invite us to her wedding. She also made a comment that she felt like she'd been shunted off to the side, kind of a veiled comment aimed at not being up-to-date about our lives after not being in a group chat for so long. After we all hung up, I realized I was kind of disappointed that she was uh, just sweeping everything under the rug. I hadn't exactly planned on reaching out to Maggie, let alone inviting her to my wedding. I now feel awkward about talking about the wedding in the group chat with Maggie because it feels rude to talk about a date, a venue, and other wedding activities while not inviting her. Most of the girls seem fine and happy that she is back in the group chat, but I'm feeling just very confused. I don't particularly want to confront Maggie about her wedding or the fact that she didn't stay in touch, but I also don't feel comfortable just dancing around it for the upcoming year or so as I plan my wedding. Should I text Maggie individually that she is not invited? It feels very strange and against the usual etiquette to tell someone that they are not invited, however, I think being honest about this aspect is warranted given how she handled her own wedding invitation situation with us. I would have preferred her to be transparent with us, just acknowledging that we weren't invited, even if she couldn't provide a real reason, but I am not sure the best way to go about this. Ideally, I would let Maggie know in a kind manner, then create a new group chat without her so that I can talk to the girls who are living in our home country about wedding stuff and coordinate a bachelorette trip and such. Any advice is welcome.
0: Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first on this one?
1: Um, I can go first. Okay. Um, I just... I As somebody that is very open and I do not like secrets I grew up in just I I grew up with always being bullied and the biggest way that I was bullied was purposely being left out of a lot of things that everybody else would know about Mm -hmm. and it was very hard (laughs) um And then I got into middle school and everything was kind of fine in middle school, but then when I got to high school, then it all started happening again, where the biggest way to upset me was to purposely leave me out of things and not tell me if they didn't like me, if there was something, like, there was a problem between us. Like, I just, I don't like secrets. I think they're stupid. I think that if I consider you a friend, then I'm going to tell you If you do something that irritates me, you're going to know if -hmm. you do something that I really liked, you're going to know if you're dating somebody I don't like, you're going to know like everything that because we're friends. If we are, you know, just kind of acquaintances, I'm not it's not the same. But at the end of the day, still, I have no reason to lie or keep a secret from somebody. I don't have shame in that department. It Mm -hmm. makes no sense to me. So. I can understand her wanting to just kind of be like, hey, you know, you not saying anything and not inviting us to the wedding and still telling us all about it kind of felt really weird. I didn't really enjoy that. And you've been gone for two years and I just don't feel close with you anymore. So you're just not invited. I don't, doesn't mean that I don't want to still be friends with you and rekindle the friendship, but it's just not there right now. Like I wouldn't, I I could... See that being a perfectly reasonable conversation, and she has every right to be upset if that's what you do. But I also think that it's more of a who, because, um, the whatever the friend is, Samantha, Samantha's the one that's still friends with Maggie. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Samantha is going to be the problem because if you have a big friend group and it's all girls, I'm sorry, girls are when they're in big friend groups like that 90% of the time very childish. And you're all still in your twenties, so I I am a little concerned because that feels like it's probably got malicious intent behind adding Maggie back into the group because she didn't see any reason to until you said you were getting married, Mm -hmm. and I it just that's put it that's just rubbing me the wrong way. Why did she do that? She didn't ask you guys first. She didn't say anything. She just hey I'm gonna add no just here you go there she is. And her saying, oh, congratulations, oh, my God, wow, oh, you guys are going to talk, well, let me join in on that call, and oh, man, you know, I just... my wedding was so great kind of thing. And just none of you were invited, but you know, so, so anyways, your wedding, I'm going right. Like, I just feel like that's very weird because she literally didn't invite any of you, whatever her reasons were are perfectly valid. If she genuinely didn't feel close to you guys like that, that's fine. She's allowed to feel like that. Mm -hmm. If Samantha is her best friend and they had that and you guys are all just not really that close with her then that's fine if everybody else doesn't seem to be kind of butthurt about it like you do which i'm sorry that's that's how you that's what you're feeling you're butthurt Mm -hmm. and
0: you're fine for doing so yes
1: so it's like if if nobody else is in that same boat as you then you are you're you're going to have to make that decision for yourself i would say talk to you know make a group chat without samantha and maggie and go hey Mm -hmm. i just want to get the vibe of how everybody's feeling right now, because this is how I feel, and I want to know if it's you know the general consensus or if I'm alone in this. And if if I am, that's perfectly fine. Like I, just, that's what you should do because everybody everybody else is like, yeah, no, we were just keeping up appearances. This is really weird. I don't like being in a group chat with her. Blah blah blah. blah. Then, you know, you're not alone in that, and everybody else feels butt hurt too. And then you kind of have your answer. But that doesn't mean you have to tell her. Nobody has, nobody has a right to know if they're uninvited mm-hmm. to something. It's not like you invited her and now you're going to uninvite her. She's just not invited. And it's not <laughs> like you're sitting in there
0: and it's not like it's the gossip group about her. Yeah. Right? You guys are just like, hmm, we have no, you obviously weren't gossiping because nobody knows why you weren't invited. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, so that's there. And, and I'm just going to say this. Look, okay, for my wedding, I made it number one, very clear that my wedding was invitation only. Nobody mm-hmm. was allowed to show up at my wedding without their invitation. Friends, family, it made it very clear to everybody, you better be on the list and you better have—you better be on the invitation because I could only afford 300 people. And, you know, 300 people is a lot <laughs> for, for a wedding to me, right? And it's like, especially because each person's plate had either, you know, slow-roasted tri-tip on it with um, roasted potatoes and just, you know, just amazing. Dish. Basically, if you were to cater this wedding, you're talking about a $40 a plate, you know, catering, right? Mm-hmm. I can't spend an extra 80 bucks for people. I don't invite in for a couple of shows up. So, but down to the fact that with my mom, my mom sat there and saw that it was in, and talked to me. She goes, well, I don't think I'll be coming to your wedding. I was like, no problem. What? No problem. And then when she had her wedding, she invited me to that. And I said, no. You know, it was like, "What? You didn't come to my wedding. I'm not going to your wedding." It's weddings are weddings. There, I've said this before. They are the one day in your life that I 100% justify people being selfish, mm-hmm. because anybody else coming in to want to know something special for them is trying to tell you that, "Hey, I appreciate your day," but right? And so, whatever, say, "Hey, you know, just so everybody knows." Wedding, obviously, invitation only. Make sure you guys all got your invitations that I sent invitations to. And let her say something. Let her say something at that point. Because then what did she say? Well, I didn't get an invitation. Yeah, I didn't to your wedding either. I assume that we're just not wedding buddies. No big deal. Right? Mm-hmm. Real simple there, and that and it eliminates the problem and eliminates the issue. And you don't but you don't necessarily have to be, you know, you are salty. You were definitely soy sauce, you know, so no no arguments there. And and you're allowed to be soy sauce about it, but at the same time, you know, you don't have to invite somebody to your wedding that you don't want to either. And and yeah, or create the other group chat. If you're gonna do it the passive way, then create the other group chat and you're good. Either way. So wow that was a good one Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's next
1: okay this one is am i the a-hole and it is titled am i the a-hole for getting annoyed at my wife for having no nappies in the nappy bag so nappies are diapers Mm -hmm. uh, for anybody that has not heard the you know correlation between those words
0: read that one more time so i can answer because i actually answer that one
1: am i the a-hole for getting annoyed at my wife for having no nappies in the nappy bag
0: Yes, because why didn't you check it your dang self? Anyways. <laughs> All right, go ahead.
1: So I, male 35, took the baby, female 2, out the other day whilst my wife, female 35, was at work. I am prepared for several hours um, out of the house. So I have snacks, juice, books, um, et cetera. I grab the ma- nappy bag, throw it in the in the car, and leave. We go to the pub for a spot of lunch. We read a story. I drink some of my uh, beer and then uh, the baby's diaper. No problem, I threw the nappy bag into the car. I go through said bag, and there are no nappies. It's uh, this is—it's very obvious this is not here, because it's 21 degrees mm. Celsius. How, mm. how warm or cold is that <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know Celsius off the top of their head? Because I've never learned that conversion. And I feel like even when I did, I still couldn't do it off the top of my head.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I actually know the conversion. I just don't remember. It's it's like 70 degrees outside. It's not. Nice. Okay. So, it's a, so cool, it's a nice day. Cool day. Yeah.
1: Um, and she is in a dress and I have promised the park. I am panicking. There are trousers in the bag. Do I just hang them or put them on her and style it out? Do we sack off to the park and go home? Uh do do i just deal with that meltdown luckily the pub does have nappies in the changing room and i put her in some uh of the tight-fitting neonatal nappies and we head for the park when i get home my wife gets annoyed at me for not checking the bag before leaving my standpoint if you use the last nappy you should replenish the bag and the nappy bag is a grab bag she thinks i am the a-hole for not checking i think she is the a-hole for not replenishing the nappy supply in the bag when she used the last one so am i the a-hole
0: I mean, I get to stand by this one. Yeah. But at the same time, you know what? This is where mutually assured destruction comes in. Right. It's it's if you know that you use the last of the diapers you app, which is what we call them here in the States. Mm -hmm. um, If you know that you've used the last of the diapers in the bag, at least if nothing else and you have to have the courtesy to be like, hey, just, you know, just use the last one. We do it with wet wipes in this house. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like and then. You know, if you go out and you're like, hey, well, there was a solution to it. Why was it? Why was it an argument if you had a solution? Did you? It just sound like you needed to have an argument. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a little tight, but hey, you had a solution. It was there; it was taken care of. I'm I'm sorry. In the UK, is it impossible to just stop at a store and get na- get you know nappies? Anyways, because yeah. you're going to use them, right? Mm-hmm. You're look, Lily, like three four diapers every single day, like clockwork, right? Every single day, and there it's like okay. And there were times where it's like we went out, and I remember that I I didn't pack di- diapers in the diaper bag, but I was the one mostly taking her out, and so I was out and I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm such a jerk, and da 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 da. I was like, hmm, well, I'm gonna go to Walgreens. I'm gonna go ahead and get some get another box of diapers. Why? Because she's gonna use them in two hours. <laughs> you know, it's like she's going through them all. She's going to use them up. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. You know, this this is one of those. Hey, this you know what this is? This was a potential teachable moment that became just. A critical a-hole fight for no reason Mm -hmm. So that's where I feel about it
1: I yeah I It is such a weird Thing because yeah For us in our household and for me In my entirety of growing up it's always been You use the last of the toilet paper you replace it You take the Mm -hmm. last paper towel you replace it You take the last you know spare towel Out of somewhere you need to wash the towels You do like you use the last of the dish soap You're the one that needs to tell somebody that you use the last of the dish soap Like everything has always been like that My whole life growing up So, yes, she should have gone, hey, yeah, I just took the last one. Let me go do this. Absolutely. But, again, on the flip side, there is that aspect of, Well, she, whatever was going on, it could have, she could have genuinely forgot. This is a baby we're talking about right now. She could have taken the last one, went, oh man, that's the last one, got to replace that, and then just completely forgot or literally hadn't gotten to it yet. And so, you know, because if if it's a nappy bag, she took the last one, it's entirely possible that she was out when it happened, dealing with things, going grocery shopping, whatever it was that she was doing, came home, you know, baby screaming, crying, had to put things away, make dinner, and just completely forgot. But that's why, yes, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to check it before you go out. It's not a grab-and-go bag. That's supposed to be a hey, yeah. What are we doing today? Let me put all these things in this bag so that I have all the things for the baby when we go out. Right, because hey, maybe
0: the baby's not feeling good, and you got to put something else in the bag. Yeah. Maybe you know, or maybe hey, it's going to be a longer trip, and so you got to make sure you have different snacks for the baby in the bag. Or maybe the baby's had stomach problems, and so you got to have a different kind of snack sitting in the bag. So it's like when you have these things, you have to look at the situation and be like, okay, you know, it's and especially with kids, look. Unless you're shooting out kids like Pop-Tarts, this is a new experience for both parties, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit of empathy goes a long way in this situation on both sides. We've even had it. Every single one of us have had it where toilet paper, you know, whatever it is, something is missing and we're stuck and stranded until it's fixed. We don't make a big deal about it. It's like, okay, why? Because at some point we're going to be the ones. Now what happens the next time you forget? To put, uh, you know, the nappies in the in the in the diaper bag, you literally just get. Well, you yelled at me when I did it, so guess what? Mm -hmm. Mine's loaded too. (laughs) So, alrighty.
1: Okay. Um. So this one. uh, This one's this one's interesting. Um, definitely made me frustrated reading it. Um, it is titled. Am I the a refusing to pitch in money towards my sister-in-law's IVF treatments and telling her and my brother that their future children are not my responsibility?
0: No. <laughs> no.
1: So my brother, Reed, and sister-in-law, Nora, ha- that's a pair of names, have always Mm -hmm. wanted children. However, they are unable to conceive naturally. Nora had multiple ovarian cysts and eventually needed to have both her ovaries removed as a teenager. Reed and Nora are in their early 30s and are very urgent about needing to try sooner than never because they say they are approaching an age where IVF success rates start to decline. Because of Nora's past medical issues, I am told that she will need extra care and her round of treatments will be especially expensive, a little over $27,000. Reed and Nora already have $9,000 set aside in savings for IVF treatments. They've raised $1,000 from friends. The rest of the family is pitching in smaller amounts as well. My mother is giving $2,000 in loan. Nora's sister, Lauren, is giving $1,000, and her parents are giving $4,000, which leaves about $10,000 left. Their insurance will not help cover it because they don't consider it a medically necessary procedure. Reed and Nora have also had difficulty qualifying for an IVF loan as they have poor credit. Reed and Nora are asking me to help because, according to the loan advisor, I am allowed to take out the loan on Reed and Nora's behalf. $10,000 is a huge ask for me, and the fact that Reed and Nora have poor credit shows they already don't have a good track record of paying back loans. When I questioned why they didn't ask Lauren, they claimed they couldn't because she isn't single and childless like I am. They see it as me not having any dependents. My mother and parents-in-law don't have a lot of savings, and their earlier mentioned donations were already a huge gift for them. It takes a long time to correct a bad Mm -hmm. credit score, and it makes things much more difficult. And harsh as it is to say, I don't want to take out thousands of dollars in a loan for a procedure that has a good chance of not even working. So I told Reed and Nora no, and that their future children are not my responsibility. I also wanted to put my foot down now, because next it's going to be private school tuition or a college fund, and that shouldn't be my responsibility just because I'm currently single and childless. Nora was obviously disappointed, but told me she respected my choice. Reed, however, was angry. He told me that he would remember this for when I am ever in a time of need, so that I will know how it feels to have a family member turn their back on me. The rest of the family members have essentially told me, we're not mad at you, just disappointed. Because Nora worried for years that she would never be able to have children or be a mother. They say Reed and Nora would be wonderful parents, and it isn't right that they can't conceive naturally, which I do agree with. However, I still stand by Nora and Reed's future children not being my responsibility. I don't think it's fair that I should delay or give up the possibility of starting my own family in order to finance Reed and Nora's. Am I the a-hole here, Reddit?
0: No, and you know what? And everybody else is. And I'm I'm gonna just go through this. Number one, you have already just told me in in this pretty good <laughs> diatribe on your in your conversation that. They don't have good credit. They don't have the money. They can't afford this anyways. They can't afford to raise a kid. They can't afford... Look, yes, your medical situation sucks, okay? Don't get me wrong. Look, it sucks. But it isn't anybody else's responsibility. And not only that, but when we live in a world where there are so many kids that need adoption. Seriously. That need parents. That need to be out of the situation that they're in. That need to be, you know, where they can where they can get in a better place. You know, you're 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 not in a good place, right? That's where it is. It, literally, literally, they're not in a good place. They don't have the credit for it. They don't have the income for it. If you can't afford it, you don't do it. It's no different than saying, "Man, I need a car." And you know what? You already have a car, and you don't have anybody else. You have to buy a car for, so you should buy me a car that's what they're doing. They're doing it through gaslighting and everything else. And who cares what somebody with bad credit, which by the way, I'm going to correct that. You can actually massively upgrade your credit within a year. I went from a 540 to an 820 in a year. So I know you can do it. You can do things if you want to do things, right? If they really wanted this, they would have found the money and earned the money and made the money happen. It's what happens. Are the things that are out of your control? Absolutely. But Still, you look at these things and you go, no. And when you ask somebody something and then get mad because they say no, and I'm going to remember this, then you weren't asking. You felt that I was under obligation. So, uh uh-uh, you are not the a-hole. Everybody else in this situation is. They have been manipulated, gaslit, and tricked into doing the same thing to you. But literally, and then insult, backdoor insulting you by, you don't have any kids or responsibilities. Well, duh. And I have good credit. Shut <laughs> up. You know. Anyways, your view.
1: I just, I, I really wonder if they can't even qualify for a loan and they can't even pay for this treatment. What makes them think that they're going to be able to support having a child, a mm-hmm. live breathing thing that they have to take care of? They can't just stop. It doesn't just end because they have the, they. you're going to be able to actually conceive it. That's not how that works. right? So I don't know what the game plan is here they're they're just they're going to you know put all this money into something that yeah you're 100% right can possibly and probably won't work mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're just if it doesn't work well then what they're going to keep funneling money into it until it works by continuously pulling money out from everybody else's stuff and then what they're in debt to all these other people because they keep having to ask for more and more money with a loan they can't take out themselves and their insurance won't qualify it because you're right it's not a mandatory medical procedure mm-hmm. you can go and adopt a child so i just it, it's something that really does bug me of that viewpoint on having kids that oh man i have to have my own bloodline in there like no you don't if you want kids that badly you'll adopt a child mm-hmm. Beggars cannot be choosers. It'd
0: be great parents, <laughs> great. I know. I know. There's about a million and a half kids that would love to hear that word, those mm-hmm. words.
1: And so okay. it's just, I, I cannot, I cannot sit there and pretend that it's not extremely frustrating to me to hear that they're, you know, so hard set on we're going to do this IVF procedure that might not work, and mm-hmm. I don't have the money to raise a child, but we're going to do it because I'd rather do it now than never then adopt a child and adopt a 16 year old 17 year old they're gonna need a lot less money funneled into them than if you go and have a whole newborn a whole newborn Mm -hmm. that can very possibly have issues because you're going through IVF instead of going because you cannot conceive naturally so I just I do not understand the the thought process here it's selfish and it's by no world any kind of you know actual like because we've talked about it before a very you know popular unpopular opinion that it's selfish to have kids Mm -hmm. it is 100 percent selfish to have children and this is another one of those situations where you have the ability to make it not a selfish decision but you're not ready to have children financially and that is a literally one of the biggest if not the biggest things that you need to have in place before you have kids so yeah the the, despite anything that they said to you anything outside of that i'm just i'm extremely worried Mm -hmm. for what they think is going to happen
0: these are the kind of people who think that having kids will fix their marital issues
1: yeah so so yeah that that's just it's just a messed up situation because their mindset is not not right Mm -hmm. so moving on um this one is titled my girlfriend breaks up with me when she doesn't like something that i do as the title hints my girlfriend blocks me and says that we are over every time there is an inconvenience i can't count the time she's broken up with me when i never even imagined saying to her that i want to break up with her earlier today she didn't like how i asked her to go get something to drink and she declined uh after that I asked her if she wanted to get ice cream and walk around instead but then she says that she is better than that and that she has a higher that she has higher expectations then she blocked me on everything again. This is one of those where I'm extremely curious how old you are because mm-hmm. the most childish, immature, manipulative, borderline abusive thing I have heard. Block. Right? I just, I've never understood that. I It takes a lot for me to block somebody. It takes a lot because it, what is the point? What it, I It's childish. If somebody is harassing you, then yeah, block them. It's the easiest way to get out of it. But it's the same thing as like people that have issues with somebody online and then go and like dox them. It's like, what for what? for for what you why this is childish why are we what mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're upset that you because you have higher expectations then why why does she keep coming back to you if the problem is you then why does she keep coming back you're not begging for her back that doesn't sound like what's happening it sounds like you guys have a minor inconvenience happened in your relationship and she goes oh my god i'm blocking you i have higher expectations and you're not true you're not serving my true purpose in life and then blocks you on everything and you go okay and she'll wait no i am decided i'm gonna forgive you and you're like okay <laughs> and that's what's going on i hope that you're not like so emotionally invested in this woman because mm-hmm. leave there is no world you know, block her on everything and see how she feels about it and just don't unblock her Watch her show up and go, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again. Because that's the kind of person that does things like that. That, that is mm-hmm. literally borderline abusive. If she's willing to do it in such a small, you know, on over such a very small thing, you're never going to be able to have a real life experience at all. It, that's just not, it's not realistic. So, yeah. That, <laughs> you, you got anything? <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so relationships have different levels of maturity and uh, yours is literally in elementary school still i mean junior high i'll give you junior high right because mm-hmm. that's just you want me to get water we gotta break up oh uh, literally that is i i've i've had girlfriends that you don't do astrology oh, we're not gonna work out okay oh my gosh you do don't I mean? It would be like if I didn't if I didn't watch the Twilight series if I <laughs> if I didn't watch you know this television show or that listen to that genre of music at that point which I listen to all kinds of music so it's just ridiculous Oh my gosh, you're not ridiculously obsessed with Queen? No, I'm not ridiculously obsessed with anybody or any music or any genre or anything like that. Your relationship is just childish Mm -hmm. and it's like and i agree she blocks you no problem the moment she unblocks you block her back just block it and be done walk away get another relationship move on get a better life because if that's the way that that person is going to be now you're going to divorce like three friggin times and she's going to use that as her excuse to cheat on you because you weren't emotionally there so (laughs) no just just go get get out get out change the channel Seriously, just just change the emotional channel. All right.
1: Okay, so we'll end on this one. Um, It is. Am I the a-hole for telling my brother it was a dumb decision to invite his new girlfriend over for our nephew's birthday? And I understand why our brother-in-law uninvited him. A
0: long question. And it's also so situational, so I, I can't answer that one. So go ahead.
1: Okay, so my 20 male brother, Ron, 27 male, met his late girlfriend Linda when they were 16 and they started dating shortly after. To say the family adored her would be an understatement. Linda was beautiful, smart, and had an amazing sense of humor. She's been part of the family for so long that most of us don't remember a time without her. Most of our best memories have her in them. Uh, Linda was very close to my nephew, Drew, who's 6 and Obviously a male. Uh, Drew is disabled and autistic, so he has a hard time connecting to other people. I don't know how to describe the relationship between Drew and Linda. They just sort of clicked. From the moment he was born, she was his best friend and would often watch over him. Sadly, Linda passed away at the end of January after she was hit by a drunk driver. Mm. The entire family was devastated, and we are still mourning her. Drew took it especially hard since he doesn't really grasp what death means yet. He constantly asks where Linda is and when she'll be coming back, sometimes going as far as having full-blown meltdowns because he misses her so much. He is currently attending therapy to learn how to process his grief, but it's a slow process. Drew's birthday is in two weeks, and my sister and brother-in-law sent out invitations to everyone in the family asking who can come. Birthdays are a big deal in our family and are usually an over-the-top event with catering, so it's necessary to confirm the number of guests. Apparently, Ron wrote that he'll come with Gia, a new girlfriend he is hoping to introduce to the family. Most of the family is pissed at him for moving on so quickly. I personally think it's none of my business and I'm not going to tell him what to do or how to live his life. However, bringing a new partner over to his nephew's birthday when he knows how, it sa- how said nephew was so attached to his former girlfriend and is still mourning her is idiotic at best and cruel at worst. Uh, My brother-in-law told Ron that if he's planning on bringing that girl over for Drew's birthday, he shouldn't bother coming at all. Ron called me to complain, and I told him the same thing. He shouldn't bring her over. Ron called me an a-hole and a bad brother He said that he's finally happy again After Linda's death And why is it so hard for us to accept that he moved on And support his relationship I told him I'm happy to hear he's doing well And I'm sure the family would someday love to meet his girl That makes him so happy But I'm standing by my opinion that inviting her now Was a dumb decision on his part and And he chose the worst possible time and place To introduce someone new to the family And it was an edit to say Ron and Linda were still together When she had passed away
0: Okay (laughs) <laughs> um, people grieve in different ways, and unless you've been there, you, you you really shouldn't chime in on it. And yeah, that's that's awesome that he had an awesome person and an awesome part of his life. And you know, from his his brain is just not going to be thinking clear for a long time, mm-hmm. right? This is not something that you just get over. I I am still. Affected to this day every now and then so a song will come on or just something that will remind me You know, and and it's like and I have a good life and we're talking about this This is decades ago, and I have a great life now right mm-hmm. and I wouldn't trade my life now for anything And if I could go back and and knew like she was gonna survive and she was gonna live and but if I broke up with her I would have this life and I would be breaking up with her. I <laughs> mean, that's just that's that's the truth. And it, and and hey, as a as a grieving you know grieving at that, I feel guilty even saying that. Mm-hmm. Psychologically, I know there's nothing for me to feel guilty about. But but it's the truth that my life is amazing now. But okay, your family loves this one person, and maybe it's not. Maybe it is too soon for everybody to welcome somebody else from his life, or maybe it's too soon for him to even say, hey, you know, we've been dating for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. I want you to meet my whole family. Whatever it is. But at the same time, you're not there every night alone with him. You're not there. You, you no matter how close of, a, as a sibling you are, you weren't there for the days, weeks, and months of him going to bed alone at night, having nothing but his thoughts of just the most miserable thing that I would never wish on another human being. And so a little more empathy this kind of seems to be the theme of of a few of these people. A little more empathy would do you all a lot of good. You know, even if he brings her and she's not the one and it's like, okay, Or even you say, hey, look, we're still mourning her and we're we're struggling with this and we want this is a family thing. And your new girlfriend isn't family yet. It's not that we're not supporting you. It's that we are still grieving. Our grieving is going to be different than yours because we don't grieve about it every night. We don't grieve about it every time that we open the cabinet and see her favorite cup. You know, we don't grieve about it. Every time that we go to the grocery store and grab something that somebody who isn't alive anymore likes, because that's why we normally buy it. So, just I, I think a little bit of compassion would would go a long way in this because you can't expect somebody who's been through this to just be like, mm, okay, and, you know, and 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 fit to your timelines when their emotions are just jacked.
1: But I feel like the the point that they're making is that he's not able to step aside and understand that this isn't the time and the place to bring her around a hundred
0: percent. And I agree with that.
1: Yeah. I, she, she's saying, or he's saying that he understands and it's not his business to know when he moves on and anything like that. That, That's what the family's saying. Mm -hmm. And that he, it's not his business, but him bringing along somebody to someone's birthday who very much does not understand That she's gone and he wants to introduce a brand new person and be like, hey, it's all good, you know, I'm over it, but I know you're not, but it's okay, meet my new girlfriend. That's kind of messed up. (laughs) And I can understand that he may be past it, that mm -hmm. we don't know what he went through, but the problem is that it's not his day. It's not his day, and it's not his day on top of a heavy situation with somebody that very much loved who he is moving on from. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand what you're saying, but I also understand that it, the family, to the family, yes, they don't understand. Right. And, and that's their, it's not their business to say, oh, well, he's moving on too fast because it's not, it's not for them to to make a decision on. But in that same aspect of they shouldn't be saying that to him, they can't say that about him but then turn around and expect him to be able to feel the same way about Drew, who is not going to understand because he's autistic one, and he doesn't one, get it,
0: one hundred percent. And again, that's not what I was saying at all. He is wrong, right? For 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 doing this and being like, "Hey, this is for a special needs kid." The only thing that I can say to and because I, and this is where personal experience is going to come in on this. It's the size of your family too, right? When well, I have 300 people at, my, uh, at a wedding, if somebody's not there, I don't notice. Right? If somebody's wearing a weird outfit, I don't notice. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody had apologized for leaving my wa- Like, two weeks after we got back from our honeymoon, somebody apologized for leaving, you know, after they spilled food on themselves. Like, I didn't notice. Right? So, it, but, but, again, if it's like 12 people... And you have an autistic special needs child or special needs child in any way, shape, or form, like yeah, they're gonna notice who's the strange lady, right? So yeah, I I get it, and and maybe find a different event to if you're gonna introduce your girlfriend to somebody, take that and and just yeah, the special needs. I'm, again, I'm not arguing either side on this one. Okay. So.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's the last one. Okay,
0: no, that's that's fine. I just yeah, I just I I like I said I I kind of. I the empathy I think could be there but at the same time I don't disagree that hey you know what but I wouldn't have said then you can just not come and say I would just sit there and say hey look she's not invited that's that's where it is we have a special needs kid this is his day she's not invited you know then leave it to him cuz then then leave it on him to say well if she can't come then I can't come then you know that puts it to him so just just a little different way to deal with it, I guess, is what I'm looking at. But anyways, with all that craziness,
1: don't forget to hit that follow button on whatever you're listening from. Like our podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of that in our link tree in the description. And be sure to give our website a visit.
0: And that would be stupid on And we will check you out
1: tomorrow morning
0: on the morning grind. Till then. Peace out with you. Peace out. Bye.